Hey there, you've reached the voicemail of Molly Ambergie. Sorry that I can't come to the phone right now. I'm currently recording the next episode of the Casually Molly podcast. So hang up your phone, don't leave me a voicemail, and go listen to this episode. It's about to get started. Please, SJ, don't hurt him. Star Trek lingo. I redshirt him. Now don't ask if I'm a Trekkie, just something I picked up. Back up before you test me, you doing way too much. Police gon' come arrest me for fucking your ass up. But then they'll straight up catch me, cause bruh, you just playing suck. There I go again, that rant was non-canon. Through the channel back to regular programming. The alphabet was murdered, all but one letter died. On time, all I could think, where the hell was I? Thought he could get away, but caught that little bugger. But should it be you, man? Use bullets that were rubber. The non-lethal things are mother. Fuckers, they riot. The powerful, you weak on second thought. Don't try it. Actually, don't do shit. Your lazy's the way that goes. So, couch potato? Don't worry if it don't make sense now. That's not what it's about. Stop tripping, learn how. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. The song that you just heard is called Trust the Bounce. It is by Super Jazz from Same Difference Music and can be found on all streaming services. But enough of that for right now. I was just catching up with my good friend and artistic director of the St. Louis Fringe Festival, Matt Kearns. Yay! Yay. Matt, first of all, I was telling him before I got you guys here on the mic, thank you for coming to join me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, No problem. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So tell us, you know, what has been happening with the Fringe Festival thus far that you've been doing today? Well, I... So it's we're eight years old this year. I'll mm-hmm. start there because I was having this conversation last week. And it, every year it seems to define what the theme of the year is going to be. And we don't define it. As a team, we let the artists who are bringing work start to define it. And this year it's so much about uh, life-inspiring art. Absolutely. That's what's like, it's just like, it's all over the festival. There are a couple of shows about immigration in the festival this year, and it's very important work, um, both fictionalized, but both based upon uh, what's happening at the border right now and what's happening in our country and the questioning of our constitution. Last year, we had this beautiful show um, called Race in it, uh, in the festival that was all about being a young black man in America, which is a thing that's still happening and we're still thinking through. And um, there's, I mean, there's so much. I don't even know where to start. That's oh, all. no, yeah. absolutely. Well, see, that's why I wanted Matt to kind of like throw it at him in the beginning. Because what I love about Matt, I know you guys can't see him, but he is like, his eyes are glowing. He's super <laughs> excited. It also helps that your eyes kind of match your shirt that you have on right now. I don't know if that was your plan, but... It looks great. <laughs> it, it, thank you. It's not the plan. This was ironed. Oh, my. <laughs> Isn't that kind of how it is, though? My last guest, I don't know if you know comedian J.C. Sabala. Um, but, yeah, he did the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, your shirt is so cute. Because I was like, he's happy to be here because his shirt says I'm happy to be here on the shirt. He goes, you know, that wasn't planned. I am happy to be here, but this was also clean. So, I mean, so sometimes you have to go with what's ironed and what's clean. Sometimes you got to go with what's ironed. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely adore Matt. I met him when I first moved back to St. Louis. My play, The Buzzer, was over in the Kranzberg Black Box Theater. Yes, in the Black Box Theater. And it was my first play that was in the Fringe because I have a long history. And we'll get into what a Fringe Festival is for those of you who don't know. Um and I happened just to be at like one of the events that you had at Strauss Park and you were like, here's a meet and greet, everybody to meet each other. 
And I was like, oh, hi, yeah, like, I'm Good People Theater, I'm the buzzer. And you were like, oh, hi, I'm Matt. And I remember you were just, like, <laughs> super friendly. And I was like, oh, I'm Molly, I just moved back. And you were like, yeah, I'm the new artistic director. Because uh, our mutual friend, M. Piero, was the founder. She went to St. Louis University with me. And then she always wanted to go to grad school. And so she ended up moving over to Canada and doing that. And so she's like, don't worry, we left it in great hands with Matt. He's going to be great. Oh, and now here nice. you are handling things. Uh, but, you know, he's, like, trying, you know? It's just great. But we're having a lot of fun. For those of you who don't know, the St. Louis Fringe Festival is taking place this year in the Grand Center Arts District. It will be uh, the dates August 13th through the 18th. And you can find out information and scheduling tickets, et cetera, for the Fringe Festival at stlouisfringe.com, correct? That's right. I know. I'm trying to practice it for my show, too. You did that. <laughs> it's totally right. So, but yes, it is a big deal. It's one of my favorite parts of the year because all these artists from all over come together, and it doesn't matter. It's, it's exactly what Matt was talking about. It doesn't matter your background or where you come from or what your art performance art is. Um, or the story you're telling, it all goes under one roof, which is exactly why I love theater and artistic expression, because, you know, no matter opinions, views, it, everybody just comes together, which I think is like what we should really be doing as a community always. Well, it started as a revolt, you know. Yeah. Way in the way back at Edinburgh, it started as a revolt. Mm -hmm. These people, uh, artists, were told that their work wasn't good enough to be in the Edinburgh Theater Festival. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, okay, cool. So they went to the edge of the festival or the fringe of the festival and they created their own. And that's how the Edinburgh Fringe was born. And frankly, it's bigger than the Edinburgh Theater Festival now, the yes. Edinburgh Fringe. And it's spawned festivals all over the world. Yes. So we're part of the North American uh, Association of Fringe Festivals. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a proud member of. Um, we are a proud member of them because we are what I call a hybrid festival, which yeah. means a section of our festival is curated. We pick the acts or pick the artists and ask them to come in. Mm -hmm. And then we have a whole section of the festival. The larger section of the festival, still and always, is uh, pulled out of a fishbowl. Yeah. So we really don't know what what's coming uh, from the fishbowl, but some of our best works in our history have come out of that fishbowl. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's yes. true. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always a thrill because it gives an opportunity to someone who may never have an opportunity anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't allow for any kind of censorship of work. Mm -hmm. If I pull your name out of the fishbowl on the launch party night, then we walk away knowing the name of your organization or your personal name, and that's it. We yeah. don't know anything else until we see it on the stage. And there's been some great work that has come out of that fishbowl. There's so. been some <laughs> really good work out of that fishbowl. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I think that's fantastic. Um, Matt, I've always wanted... So let's talk about, because Matt just gave the background of the Fringe Festival, and like he said, there are shows and fringes all over the world. Yeah. So it's definitely something that doesn't just take place in St. Louis, Missouri. For people who are unfamiliar, it's been all over the country, in North America, in Europe. Anywhere you go, you'll probably find it. And plays you might know have come out of it. Yeah. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, came mm -hmm. from a Fringe Festival. Um, and Jerry Springer, the opera, came from a Fringe Festival. I know. Jerry Springer's from Cincinnati, and I'm from <laughs> Cincinnati, so, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jerry. What's up? <laughs> Are they still throwing chairs at each other on the TV? Or they may over? be. I don't know. Somebody brought that up to me today, or not today, but a couple of days ago. Somebody was like, oh, like, well, actually, this is not about the Fringe Festival, but this is going to make Matt laugh for a second. <laughs> so I actually met Jerry Springer. <laughs> Nice. Um, super random. So my godmother, may she rest in peace, Estelle Levy, 
she belonged to the Valley Temple, which was like 10 minutes up the street from where I grew up in Cincinnati. Nice. And Jerry Springer came back to do a, I don't know if it was like a seminar. I feel like I'm using the wrong word, but some kind of like event where, oops, sorry, I just hit my mug on the table. Um, Sorry, not sorry, because that's what it <laughs> says on my mug. But yeah, he did a seminar about Judaism and when oh, yeah. uh, the, like the Nazis were taking over. He's actually a very intelligent guy. Like, oh, totally. And he was super nice. He, like, gave me a hug. And I was like, I can't believe, like, I'm hugging Jerry Springer right now. I, it was so funny. Like, my mom's like, so you met Jerry. And I'm like, <laughs> and, like, and then you, like, see on the TV people are, like, throwing chairs. So, I don't know. They probably are. But who knows? But that's my short gig. But, yes, Jerry Springer, the opera. Yes. So mm-hmm. many sh- and many many more, but mm-hmm. those are two like notable ones that have come out of yes. fringe. And when ours started, there was just this idea of we need a place and a vehicle for artists to be have complete freedom of expression. Sure. To have voice where there is no voice, and to tell stories that aren't getting told on the bigger stages in this city. And so it really, I mean, here's the, here's the secret of the fringe. It's actually, I'm the third executive director. Oh, get out. So M is the second executive director. The original St. Louis fringe founder is Ed Reggie. Shut up. Yeah. I had no idea. So from, I think, 2000 to about 2009, Ed Reggie ran the Fringe Festival mm-hmm. at locations all across St. Louis. Gotcha. And then in 2009, he kind of put it to sleep. And M came in 2011 and said, could I have this? And he was like, yeah, please do could run with it. Good and then to know. revived it for five years and yes. then went off to Canada. And then I took over and here we are. What am I? Three years in, four seasons later. But you're And you're doing a fantastic job. Thank I mean, you. and this is, here is the thing though, and this is, I'm not just saying this because Matt is sitting right next to me, but running a fringe festival, I mean, running any festival, um, you know, you see a lot of things like the, um, like even the fire festival, not that this is by any means the same, <laughs> but why I'm using this as a comparison for people who are maybe unfamiliar with how theater festivals work. Yeah, there is a lot of work that goes into this, and that's why probably the fire festival failed was that they wanted too much too soon, yep. and they didn't have the funds or the means to do that. Matt is running a theater festival where you know you have to get venues on board, you have to get donors on board, then you have a board of directors that yep. have to agree, which when you have multiple artists from different backgrounds and things, even though we all want to talk about, oh, things are in harmony, you know, you also want to keep your board happy and you want to make sure that, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm not in your board meeting, so this is like, <laughs> They're you know. usually with taco chips yeah. and some kind of cocktail. Exactly. That we sit around and, you know, have the Senate of the board. Which is like <laughs> the best way to have the board. But I, uh, I, yeah. I really admire you for being... Um, being so diligent and on top of things because this is quite an undertaking although it is a wonderful thing there's a lot that goes into it so my question is how do you do all of this (laughs) a lot of people ask me that question yes uh so i have a good team there's the real answer Hillary Clinton once said it takes a village and it is the truest statement I'll ever know Mm -hmm. Uh, because this thing is like having a child every year. It really is. And we have 20, I think there are 27 acts this year in total. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually we have between 27 and about 32 and it's, it's just a massive undertaking and it takes a lot of time and a lot of hands on deck and a lot of people like yourself doing this right now Mm -hmm. to help us get the word out about it. 
to get it done. Not to mention like what the staff is doing. Then you've got what the artists are doing. Right. And we have artists all over the nation right now making this work and getting it ready to bring to our festival. Mm -hmm. So we, even through the curated acts, we don't bring any of the content. Yeah. We only bring the opportunity of stage. Right. And from there, it's 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 kind of amazing what happens. It's, it's like insane. this garden that just blooms in full force. Yes. Um, I'm excited because this year our opening night is uh, sponsored by the uh, St. Louis Beard and Mustache Club. Yes, you were telling me a little bit about this, yeah. but tell everybody else and me. So <laughs> the downside of, of this story is that uh, Kevin Lamb is a former fringe artist who mm -hmm. made a show called Mustache Across America. Yes. Uh, he was killed last year in oh, an accident. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yes. And... Um, we just decided that we wanted to honor him. So, Mustache Across America was the show. He was like a distance biker. Yes. So he took his bike and he plotted a course across the United States in, a sh in the shape of a mustache. And he stopped along the way and he interviewed people about their facial hair because he had a big old like stash of his own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then he came back and he wrote a show about it and he performed it. He was also super charitable and super into like feeding the homeless. Yeah. Um, and that's what he was doing when he was killed is he was traveling and working with the homeless. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So uh, we decided that we wanted to honor him in a way that would show his family and our friends and our community how much we love him. But it would also be a little ridiculous because we are always on the edge of what we do. Absolutely. So I called. I found that there was a Bearded Mustache Club, which I was excited about because I don't have facial hair. Oh, me neither. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, this morning I was like, I should start attempting to grow a mustache. And I'm like, you I'm, look great. <laughs> Good. You I look so cute. I would look terrible with it. But okay, thank you. Anyway, so I was like, okay. So I called them and I told them the story and they were like, yes, we want to help. And they're partnering with their friends, uh, Show Me Stash Ride. Mm -hmm. And Show Me Stash Ride is bringing their, um, their well, it's called a mustache ride. But it's really a teeter-totter that looks like a mustache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that will be parked out front of the Dot Zach on opening night. Uh -huh. So this opening night, we're going to do our opening night stuff. We're going to honor Kevin Lamb and his family's all going to be there, which is so lovely. And then we're showing the winning show from last year, which is just all like beautiful happenstance or the universe or whatever you believe. Um, it's Jackie Chambers show called Intervals, uh -huh. which is a one woman show about homelessness. I didn't get to see that one. So now, so you'll now I will be Tuesdays able the to. 13th, yes. And it ties into everything that Kevin believed in mustaches, facial hair, family and homelessness and feeding uh, the homeless. Absolutely. And so throughout the entire 2019 festival, you can bring non-perishable items. And at the end of the festival, we're going to donate them all to a food bank in Kevin's name. Absolutely. Well, why don't you, while I have your attention and talking about this, um, you said it's August 13th. August 13th is the kickoff. The Fringe will run August 13th through August 18th. Mm -hmm. So we compounded it all into one week so that we can get that pressure cooker feel going. Yes. Which I love. Uh, because the fringe is all about the clock. Yeah, it's all about get in, do it, get out, and the next one moves in. Yes, and we have six venues. Uh, five of them are here in Grand Center, and one of them is off the map. And the off the map one is over in the Grove. It's a new venue, a new arts venue that's opening uh, called the Olive Tree on Newstead. Okay. And we're excited because we're pretty, we've put a show called Creatively Seeking over in that space. Mm -hmm. So there you're going to have um, a, an aerial artist, Melissa yes. Allen. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Performing while Sunday Jones, also known as Karen Jones, the painter, 
will be live painting what she's seeing her do. Mm -hmm. And then Becky Showing is a photographer and a social media person. Yeah. And she'll be photographing in real time both of these things happening and posting at the same time. So you've got this multidisciplinary, multi-experiential kind of space happening all at once. Oh my, oh, that is going to be really cool. It's going to be like so mind-blowing. Like that's so, yeah. well, that's what I'm loving about, you know, because the Fringe has come, the St. Louis Fringe, um, I'm sure other Fringe festivals feel the same way. They do it's just us. It's just us. <laughs> why, why, you know. Um, it's come such a long way, yeah. and I'm so impressed with the way that things are going. Thank you. So when you were dealing with, um, I think a lot of people, people talk to me all the time, it's like, oh, the venues. Like, I'm always excited about what venue. I mean, obviously, the work, too, and the content they want to see, and we, we're, we are going to get to that. But um, every time I have people talk to me, they're like, oh, my God, I really love the Kranzberg, or mm-hmm. I love the Dot Zach. Yeah. How do you get people on board each year to be like, hi, can we use your venue? Or what, how do you do that? So we are fortunate because we are proud members of the Kranzberg Arts Foundation. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so we've been with the Kranzbergs before the Kranzberg Arts Foundation existed. Gotcha. The Fringe is one of the original residents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when they were forming, Chris Hansen, who's the executive director, wanted to talk about us joining. And we just felt like it was such a natural partnership. Yes. And so we always have the flagship of venues down here in the Arts District in the Kranzberg locations. And we switched them around. This year we're doing something a little different. Um, we're using the Dots Act as our main one, which is where our headline acts will be. Yes. And those two of the headline acts, the third one will be somewhere else. So the local headline act is Because Why Not Theater Company, Shannon Geyer, the artistic director. Mm-hmm. and like local St. Louis playwright. Yes, um, she is, was on an episode with us. So oh yeah, yeah so she know. did Casually Fat. Yeah, yeah, so she's going to be writing a new play called Check In, which is about uh, immigration. Yes. And the thing that I love about Shannon being the headline act is Shannon has been in the festival every year for, I, I think, five years straight. Yes. I know at least four of them. So it felt like it was the right time for Shannon because every year, if you don't know her writing, it's really prolific Mm -hmm. and it's really personal. And I love that about her. Um, She has a show that I really like called Paradigm. Yes, Um, I I never have to see it, but we talked about that on the episode. fascinating. Yeah. And it was so on the pulse at the time of what the world is shifting into, which is what she's really good at, is being on top of the pulse of the nation and having a voice and fictionalizing that voice through it. Absolutely, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. it's her time. It's her time, and I'm excited to see the play. Um, Our late night act will be in there too, a little different. It's a burlesque show by the St. Louis Aerial Artists. Oh. Yes. Cool. It's Aerial Burlesque. They were like, they called me and they're like, well, we want to be in pasties. Would that be okay? And you're like, and I started oh. laughing. I was like, girl, we're the fringe. Yeah, we're you the fringe. What are you talking about? Yeah. So they're going to do a little bit of fire outside stuff, is my understanding. Oh, that's kind of cool. We wouldn't let it inside. you got to keep fire outside. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. That you have to do. <laughs> and then move into the aerial act inside of the Zach, which I think is going to be so beautiful and cool. I love it. Upstairs on the third floor, we've got what we're calling the 303 pop-up. Mm-hmm. So this is a a converted space that will turn into a theater. Mm -hmm. And we are running everything from uh, Deanie Nast's I'm Back, which is the character Audrey Crabtree plays. Yes. um, To uh, 
uh, Obo Williams King, who is a storyteller poet coming in from Dallas. Oh my God. To do two family stories and one naughty story. Gotcha. I like. <laughs> One of these stories, which one are we going to talk about, guys? The naughty one, we've made sure to make sure it's like at 9.30 at night when kids are at home. <laughs> when people are feeling yeah. naughty, yeah. And the daytime <laughs> ones are like in the day, where it's like, oh, good, it's a family story. But he's a storyteller on the circuit. I'm so excited. I'm super stoked about him. Yes. So then if you cross way down the, the over across the district, not way, it's just a few short steps. Like to us, it's like this, we're in the Metropolitan Artist Lofts right now, which is right across from basically everything that Matt is talking exactly. about. So that's how close we are. So so then in the Kransberg Arts Center, we've got the gallery, which mm -hmm. I always love because the gallery has, people can see what's happening from Grand Avenue. That's where my show is going to be. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's so great. And it works so well um, to um, uh, show off specific kinds of work. Um, then we've got the studio theater, mm -hmm. uh, and the studio theater is going to have everything from Dr. Ken Holler's medicine show in there. I love Ken. I yeah, love Ken he's too. adorable. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Dr. Ken, yeah. what up? <laughs> to uh, Tesseract Theater is writing a new show Yeah. Uh, that'll be in the studio as well. And then we have the Black Box Theater, and the Black Box Theater is going to be host to our national act, performance yes. artist Matthew Markham. Mm hmm Oh, I love Matthew. Yeah. We met through the festival two years ago. So Matthew has been with us. This will be his third year now. He's come from California. He's worked and workshopped uh, Pollock, a frequency yes. parable, for the last two years at our festival, working it and then retaking it back into the studio. And then when he was here the last time, it was exciting because a producer nabbed him and said, look, I really think your work is spectacular and I want to take you to a run off-Broadway. So in January, he became off-Broadway performance artist Matthew Martin. Oh, Matthew. He's so fancy I know, right? <laughs> and uh, he's coming back this year. And I'm so it's happy. it's time for him to be our national headliner. Absolutely. Next. Well, it's yeah. so nice to see because, you know, I speaking of people growing and changing and doing throughout the festival, it's so nice to see all these people doing what they love. Yeah. And it kind of, what we were talking about before we started recording, you were in the St. Louis Fringe Festival before you became... I was. Like the leader. So, yeah, which is hilarious to think about. So I, I had no intention of being the leader. Um, I had no intention of being the leader. So I went to graduate school to study performance art. Yes. And to study original work making for the stage. And so while I was there, my thesis piece was this piece that I had created called The Gay Fantasia. Uh-huh. And... The Gay Fantasia is a late night uh, immersive event yes. that uh, is about the last days of the Harvey Milk era and the first days of the HIV AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. So it's a really happy story, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> so, but but it, it's pretty wild because what happens is originally in the first iteration of it, it came, the, the audience had to meet at a, a midnight. And it didn't start until then. And I had there were lots of audience members and, and faculty because I was being advised at the time, which were like, well, why? Why? Again, performance is about the audience in the experience versus the yeah. audience watching the experience. And my response was, through all of this research, is this is the time of night when gay men had to go out so they could be their authentic selves. Sure. And so you need to know what that's like yeah you're losing some sleep to experience this but you're losing some sleep because they lost some sleep and they had to do this in order to be who they really right. were 
And so people are all super hyped up about it. And then you would go down the hallway and be like locked into this room for seven minutes of time, which felt like a million years. Yeah. Where we put you in there with the AIDS quilt, which was beautifully like we had four panels of it come and it's beautifully lit. And it's so, so sad. And every person in that audience, every single time it played, instantly went to the back of the, the opposing wall and were just like way in the back. Oh, yeah. And it took about three minutes of dead silence before somebody initially took the first step to step in to start like kind of taking in the quilt. Yeah. Because if you've ever taken it in, there's so much story on it. Yeah. And there's so much detail that you it's hours later. So then everybody kind of gets involved and it becomes this conversation of look at this, oh my gosh, this and that. And and then it busts open and it takes you right back into that kind of late 70s era and takes you into this next space that you move into that's like full of smoke right. and playing the YMCA. Right. And again, that smoke is important because it's what gay bars did and the red light district did. So the red light was to identify that this was a safe place. Mm-hmm. And the smoke was to make sure that you really couldn't see me that clearly. Yeah. And you can't see any distance in that kind of fog so that you can, again, protect who I am and protect my anonymity during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people are dancing and having a great time. And meanwhile, there's this like empty wheelchair just slowly rolling across the dance floor that you can't see until it's right next to you oh because the fog, the fog is so thick. Yeah, oh and so God. then it just kind of like unfolds the story, and and unfortunately it's a tragedy. And oh, I feel like, I mean, I used to call them my dead gay boyfriends because I spent so much time with so many of these men and their like families who were kind enough to let me interview them and talk with yeah. them. And at the end of it, the moment where we stopped it, is the moment where Ronald Reagan first mentions the word AIDS. But by then, like, 100,000 of us had died at that point. Right. And what we did is right before that, we just, I had the ensemble start taking men and pulling them out and pushing them out of the audience. So they were, like, just taking audience members out and pushing them into another room where they got to finish watching it on a television monitor. Wow. But by That's the time so deep. we got to that point... The room was just full of holes. Like there were just like holes in so many spots where we had taken all the men out of the room. Yeah, that's crazy because it just shows how. Oh my gosh! Ooh, I just yeah. like chills up and down my spine. Like, and so this friend of mine was like, "Okay, let's do the Fringe Festival." I was like, "Well, what the hell right. is that?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Cool." And Matt's like, "What are you talking about?" I had no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah. And so it was explained to me, and I sent the, I, I like clicked like everyone else does, and I did the application, right. and I got in, and and I brought it home, which was so valuable for me because this is home for me I mean, yeah I'm, I'm born and raised in North County yeah and so bringing that work home and having my parents experience that and having my we didn't let my nephew see it because they were still pretty young oh yeah but having my lifelong friends come in and see this work that's really important to me as a gay man but also really important to me as an artist because I built this like blood sweat and tears and then having it like be named the Fringe Meister in 2014, it was such a like consummate experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a hockey game once because my cousins made me. They gave me a ticket for my birthday, so I read a book. I agreed I would just be in with it. Yeah. I went. There was sudden death. They won. I was on the jumbotron. There was blood <laughs> on the glass. I never have to go back. That's that's what this Fringe experience was like for me. <laughs> 
I love the comparison. This is so yeah. great. You're like, I, I really got the full experience yeah, totally. on both levels here. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. And then years later, I ended up moving back here for different reasons. Yeah. And about, I guess, six months into me living back here, a staff member of the Fringe called me and said, hey, Emma's leaving and we think you should apply. And I was like, me? Yeah, what do I know? I'm not an executive director, I'm an artist. And then I thought about it and went, you know what, I've been producing for a long time. I've produced a lot of theater, I've done a lot of academic work in producing. I mean, it's just a lot of like kind of kismet. And they said, okay, yeah, you. And it's been the luckiest gift of my life to be the head of such a bizarre, beautiful, avant-garde, uh, visceral, grassroots, political organization because we are the only organization that stands up and says yes we will stand by you yes trans community we want to hear your stories yes african-american community i want you to talk about how angry you are yes gay people i want to hear about how terrible it was when you were dying yes women we also think that abortion should be legal yeah, I mean, it's like a yeah. place of everybody coming together and going, I got to stand up and say this. And rather than going, no, 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 we're worried about what someone will say, we're like, hell yes, you have to stand up and say this. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes. I'm getting like chills in here, guys. It's, <laughs> really, it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And it makes all of that other stuff that's not as much fun, like writing grants and, you know, worrying about the money part of it and doing all these things that have to do so we keep the business afloat. Because yeah. it is a business, you know? Oh, absolutely. And people sometimes forget that, yeah. which is why I admire you for balancing the artistic and the business side of it. But so. it's just that moment where you sit in that room and watch that artist, like, yeah. opening their chest up and showing you their heart. You're like, this is why we do all of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eight years old. I keep thinking about, like, what this year and next year look like and then what 10 years old looks like. Yeah. Like, ten, a decade of Fringe in St. Louis that's been supported by some people that you would never expect to show up. And, you know, when the mayor shows up, you're like, yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah. We've been so lucky because our alder person down here in the 19th is Marlene Davis. Okay. And she, every year she shows up. Lacey Clay shows up every year. And they're like, yeah, we're here at the Fringe, of course. We support the Fringe. And really, it's not about supporting the Fringe. It's, it's about supporting our artists right. and supporting the work that they're making, supporting the tiny totem parade that walks around our, our campus during yeah. the festival, mm -hmm. you know, that is so fun to me. This year, I, okay, I'll tell you, here's a little tidbit for you people involved. The tiny totem parade is by our friends at Artica. Mm -hmm. So you essentially can make a small parade float that's pulled with a string, and it's a parade, and you just, like, walk. And there are clowns in the parade, and there are, you know, floats in the parade, and they're, it's just fun. I, mean, I can't wait. It's so fun. And you have to make one and do it. Oh, my, done. I okay. Mean, okay, so here's the inside scoop. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I've ordered the baby Trump balloon to be in the tiny totem parade. <laughs> what the fuck? That's awesome. The one with the diaper and the yeah. little hands. <laughs> Tiny baby Trump. I can't I mean, wait. And it's again, it's it's there's the beauty of it. I love our 
friends and community members and artists that are Republicans. Yeah. And I want them to bring their work to the table. And I want them to tell me every conservative view they have. And I want them to put it in a show. Mm-hmm. And we've had them. We've had shows about religion. We've yeah. had shows about, like, all kinds of things that are not my personal views as yes. a person or as an artist. But I celebrate them because that's our open and free and welcoming community. Uh, Meanwhile, I also get to be like, this is who I am. Exactly. And I want to fly a baby Trump balloon. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's just bringing their thoughts to the table. I love it. <laughs> well, get uh, ready for that, guys. <laughs> and Artica is doing, so Artica always does a sculpture garden along with the tiny totems, and it'll be outside the dot sack. And this year, Audrey Symes, who's one of the rack artists yes. of the year, the Regional Arts Commission for those playing the home game, um, is a member of Artica, and she's. We've given her a slot in the Dots Act, and she's making a beautiful, original performance piece uh, called uh, uh, "Secrets of the Bower House." Ooh, wow! And the photos are so interesting. I can't wait. There's one of these three actors upside down on a staircase in this house like like not the staircase inside the house but the the porch the front porch staircase and they're laying with their heads going towards the ground but they're laying down the stairs and they're all like connected like touching it's so interesting i can't wait that sounds so cool i've never seen any of artica's stuff but now i have to look this up for sure artica's magic oh my gosh i can't wait it sounds cool i've seen audrey a couple of times i saw her at the meeting that we had at t-rex and then i saw her my friend, uh, do you know Vanessa Rudloff? You may be. She, she came to when we did the um, improvised love songs. Ah. She actually was in the audience for there, and she's a photographer. You would love her. And she lives in my building. That's how we oh, met. Oh, cool. And then she works over at Hotel On God. Um, oh, what was I going to say about her? But yeah, oh, she held a um, meet and greet thing at the On God, and Audrey was there too. So I was like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? Like, welcome to St. Louis. Everybody's kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, hi, we met each other in the building that was over here next door. This is great. But, yeah. The thing that I love about being back here is, because I'll I'll tell you, I was just coming back for a brief moment. My father, sadly, had a very massive heart attack and died kind of out of the blue. Oh, my God. And I was away, like, being an interim artistic director somewhere. Yeah. And I I was like, I I have to leave. Right. (laughs) I was like, "I, I can't do this anymore. And so I came back and I was really just coming back to like grieve and do the things you got to do when somebody dies. Uh, And then a friend of mine was like, no, you should stay. The arts here are really, really blossoming. And I I left 20 years prior to that. Yeah. And was living in Chicago and California and other places where the arts are substantial parts of of the ecosystem. Exactly. And so I was like, whatever. I gotta go. I'm tired for this. And I came, I was brought down to the arts district and I was shown around and I was introduced to some people and I went, okay, you know what? This is interesting. I, I'll stick it out for six months. And six months has now been four years. Exactly. And we just got named, hey, listen to this people, St. <laughs> Louis just got named one of the top 10 artistic 
cultural centers in the country. I did you post this on Facebook? I shared it. For yes, sure. I saw. Yeah. I remember reading this because I sent it to my boyfriend because now because Jimmy isn't always used to the arts, but he enjoys it. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like he's like, I'm from Foley, Missouri. I don't see a lot of this all the time. Right. Like. So I was like, oh, my God, like, get this. And he's like, oh, my God, wow. Like, because, he, you know, we have, especially in the Grand Center District, we've got, like, the Fox Theater yep. and Powell Symphony Hall and the Dark Room and the Cransburg and, and the, the Sheldon. Sack and the and, Sheldon. Uh, like, yeah. there are so and many. And the Steakhouse. Oh, and, and the Steakhouse. There's not The Steakhouse, we should just do a show in the Steakhouse. I'm Delicious. ready. Like, I know the Kasich brothers. You should you should get them in here. They're so fun. Oh, my God. I can't. I love it's, it's a really hard place, for those of you who don't know the best steakhouse, it's a very hard place not to, like, walk in because you're just, like, you walk by and you're like, oh, that smells delicious. And it's just, like, a relaxed cafea, cafea, cafeteria-style place. But, but you, you just, think like, it's a steakhouse because it says it's a steakhouse. Exactly. And it is a steakhouse, but it's sort of like being a steakhouse smashed together with being at the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Oh, absolutely. It's they fantastic. definitely yell at you. Oh, yeah. They're like, what do you want, girl? And I'm just like, hi, can I have the steak on the stick? With like, <laughs> I, like, I remember I like took it to go once. I was like, oh, this is the best we thing ever. We always encourage our patrons to eat at the steakhouse. Yes. So the steakhouse has been there since like 64. It's been there forever. It's an institution. Oh, yes. And so when I talk about Grand Center, I always try to, try to and do include it because it's part of our fabric. Yes. Um, and they're so supportive. And that's I guess that's the other thing that's beautiful to me is that we have folks like the Steakhouse being so supportive of the arts. Um, we've had a longtime partner in Schlafly Beer. Mm -hmm. um, they're deeply supportive. Every year they agree that if you take your ticket from the fringe to the tap room during the festival, they'll give you a free beer. They do. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, here, I'm an artist. And they were like, oh. <laughs> and I think this one guy was just a little too happy. He's like, you know what? You just get two on the house. And You're I was like, like, hey. I was like, you were really nice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we're lucky to be part of the Regional Arts Commission. We get a program grant from them. Um, and the Missouri Arts Council. We also are excited because the charity CFO has joined us this year. Uh, they're an organization that does accounting services and thought leadership for arts organizations. And uh, Scott Curcio, who's a Baird Warder realtor, has joined us this year to support our trans show. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's so exciting every year to have people uh, come aboard. Boeing has been a longtime partner of ours, so we're always appreciative to them, and many others that I sh sure as heck am forgetting. That's right. Um, but go back to the beginning of this conversation. It takes a village. Yes. And it's no lie that so many people in our city are like, yes, we believe in this. This little teeny tiny grassroots effort that Ed started and M revived and I came along and got to like kind of live in the glory days of it and make it what it is now, which is an institution for our artists, locally, regionally, and nationally, to come and show off their new work. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. just so excited. Um, there was something I wanted to ask you too. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, sorry. A, I know, as he gives. Sorry, this, I like, got like, on my soapbox. No, this is why I wanted to ask you too. No, no, no. This this leads into because we're talking when you said new work and everything. It reminded mm -hmm. me of what I wanted to ask you. Um, and this is the casual podcast, so I Dang. want everybody to casually share what the heck we're talking about. 
But um, as people know, I do do stand-up comedy in the St. Louis area. I've been very happy and proud to be part of the St. Louis comedy community for the last two years. And what I'm very excited about is that Matt has partnered with the Flyover Comedy Festival. (laughs) And they're going to have a date that will take place during the festival. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So... I'm I am known for a harebrained idea. Yes. And I'm just like, well, that's got to happen. You know, Vince Shamel, the former mayor of the city, had what he called like he was the mayor with the big idea. There was yeah. a big idea, and you just ran with it, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the Vince Shamel of the fringe because I'm like, wait, that's a good idea. I should do it. Absolutely. And we've had comedians in the festival before. You have. You've had. I know Stryker Spurlock yep. was in it one year. I know Amy Milton was yep. in it another year. Chris Mohan was last year and is coming back this year. Yes. Uh, yourself? Um, yeah, me, hey! <laughs> and, and I wanted a vehicle specifically for stand-up comedians. Yes. I think it's a really hard industry. I I can talk for, like, till I'm blue in the face, but I can't imagine standing in front of that microphone and being a stand-up comedian. I think it's got to be so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's an art form that I have such a deep respect for and a secret longing to do. Oh, absolutely. And well, there's so many open mics. We I can know, do this right? after, yeah. <laughs> So improv shop Monday nights. I Here we go. I called my friend. Uh, I called my friend Andy mm-hmm. over at the improv shop. Andy Slowey. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey, I want to do this. What do you think?" And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." He's like, "Here's who you're going to talk to. You're going to talk to Rafe and Bobby." Oh, Rafe Williams and Bobby Jaycox. We've talked about them on previous episodes, yep. but they are uh, some very important and very just amazing people in general. So. And really like with stand-up careers that are taking off. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I laugh. Because I like, they've been at it. They make me, like, laugh and cry <laughs> every time they perform. I just, like, it's fantastic. So I feel the same way. And so I went and I met with them one night before, <laughs> before, like, the Monday night of, like, the long line. Oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So the first time you weren't there when I went, and yes. there was, like, this long line of comedians, like, waiting to get in the door. Probably and, competition season. That's right. when the long line's happening. And Bobby yep. was like, hey, Matt, come in. So I bypassed this line, and they're all, like, locked out. They're all, like, giving me the stink eye. And you're like, I'm not signing up. Relax, guys. <laughs> Someday. So we sat down, and I said, you guys, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And they were like, yeah, we want to help new comedians. So they're going to host it. There are a couple of other comedians on the docket. Chris is going to make a special appearance in it. Nice. Um, And it'll be Wednesday night of the festival at 8 o'clock in the Black Box Theater. And it's something that I really want us to do. I want us to fill that house up so that we can pay those comedians and that we can have them back again next year and make this an annual uh, event at the St. Louis Fringe Festival. Absolutely. Um, That's something I really do want to say, too, is the Fringe has its own pride in the idea that every one of our artists, our technicians included, because we consider them artists as well. As they they are. are. Exactly. (laughs) Matt and I are like, they are. Okay. (laughs) Um, Everybody gets paid. Yes. You might get paid two nickels, but every single person gets a paycheck because it's, it's... it's hard to be an artist. It's expensive to be an artist. And that validation of, hey, here's $15 that you made because somebody came to see your artwork turns into an off-Broadway run two years later. Mm-hmm. So it's all a belief system. We believe in our artists. We believe in the garden that is the fringe. And we will water you and make you grow. Yes. I. You are so... This is why you're the leader of the festival. <laughs> I was like, also, you should be in like every commercial spokesperson. <laughs> Hi. I'm Matthew, and I'm the artistic director of The Fringe. We are here to make you grow. Like, you know, and then literally you just go on. Oh, it's so great. I love it. 
Matthew Something for president else. 2020. <laughs> I mean, anybody's better than the... Anybody's better. Celebrity apprentice. Tiny hands. A tiny hands, tiny baby drum. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, someday I'll show you my... I make commercials. Oh, there is just so much... Sorry that everybody missed our pre-recording, but there was so much Matt and I were talking about, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this away from our podcast episode, but... That's a thing. It's like, you know, you know somebody and then you learn so much about them and you're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. But what's funny is, you know, when I do it, I'm like, oh, I did that. And you're like, he, he, okay, so this is a casual podcast, right? Matt is very casual. He's nonchalant. Oh, I just dressed up as Melania Trump and read the Mueller report. I was like, what? And then he just whips out a picture of himself in a Melania Trump outfit because I was like, what are you talking about? I said, was this like drag? What? And he's like, oh no, I read the Mueller report and I went down to the store and I got a Melania Trump wig and I walked in and Joan Lipkin was like, what are you? What are you doing? And then now I'm in the American Theater Magazine. Don't mind me. Like... <laughs> I mean, that to me is the best part of being a fringe artist, which yes. I always consider myself. Yes. Is an opportunity arises and you take it and you go, you know, this is happening. I it, There was zero pre-planned about that opportunity, except Joan great. had called me and said, hey, um, she was telling me about it. I was like, cool, I want to do that. And so she's like, yeah, you're invited. So she had invited artists from all over the city to come and read a piece of the Mueller report. And... <laughs> I called her and I was like, uh, I got an idea. I want to come dressed up. And she's like, oh my God, yes. I'm like, great. I'm not going to tell you anymore. I'm just going to show up. And I just decided, so I have a friend who I like bounce ideas off of artistically. And I called and I was like, hey, I think I want to go as Donald Trump. She's like, eh, Donald Trump reading the Mueller report. Not funny. I was like, but I really thought about maybe being Melania. She's like, Melania reading the Mueller report. Now that's funny. Yes. I was like, yes. Because I wanted it to feel for me that I guess I'm now sharing with an audience what I think it is, which is a circus. I think the whole thing is a circus. I think it's a shame what's happening in our company, our country right now. And I wanted to like filter that anger that I have through some kind of fictionalized comedy because I like laughing and I like laughing at things that are ridiculous. And I think as a political figure, which she is, she's ridiculous. Yeah. But she's the perfect person to show up and not care at all about what she's reading. So it was really funny because during it, I'm reading it. And of course, you know, when you read something, you're like, oh, yeah, you're thinking about it. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh. So I was just letting her, like, think. <laughs> And, which, you know, Donald lets her do occasionally. Yeah, I was about to and, say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just, like, reading it. She's like, oh, oh. And this audience is cracking up, like, yeah, of course she doesn't know any of this. Well, because she's probably flipping through the stuff and being like, oh, 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 I, I, dang, okay. <laughs> but that's the opportunity. Yes. You know, I, I didn't go in there with any other intention, no intention of American Theater Magazine or no intention except this is my way that I want to express and perform this farce, which is what I think this whole White House is. I think yeah. they're a farce. They really are. I know. I agree. And so I just dressed up. And you made a farce of your own. <laughs> I, call her, I call her busted Melania Trump. Yeah. It's so funny you she's say B, that. She's BMT. Yeah. She, she, I call her like a busted Barbie because I feel like <laughs> she's just... She's been through the ringer, and she's like, I don't know, man. I don't know what I did. And this is a, there's a, I forget which comedian does this, but they were like, yeah, she's playing a 
very unsafe game now. You know, she really, she was like, oh, I'm just going to marry a businessman. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, now he's president. What? Like, I don't even think she wants this. No. <laughs> even, that's when you know when even your wife did not want you to be president. And now here we are. It's, it's the most bizarre story because you have a man who's president whose wife is an immigrant. Yeah, isn't it? And he it? is doing nothing but trying to attack immigrants. Exactly. And he put them in in internment camps. Exactly. It's, I know. It's I a agree. farce. And it's such a shame. And to me, the artists always step up and go, no, we'll take this one. Exactly. There's a great cartoon right when, when, <laughs> when Barack Obama was leaving the White House. Yeah. Right? And, and, uh, so imagine Barack like trying to walk away in this cartoon and the Statue of Liberty is like wrapped around, has arms <laughs> wrapped around his leg saying, please no. Yes. And I just thought about it. And I was like, wow, okay. I We just don't know what this is going to look like. Because we've had Republican presidents before. And sure. it's been, you know, discomfortable for someone who's not a Republican. Right. But it's been tolerable this is just a little yeah i agree this is out of anybody's like this is i feel like everybody in every league is having an issue so yeah i yeah and so you see the artists stepping up which Mm -hmm. is fascinating because that's what that article is about the Mueller report are they're saying is the hit of the summer because it's happening all over the country i know with all kinds of levels of artists from the fringe level like myself all the way through uh like i'm sharing a page i told you with like the top picture is john lithgow and at benning yeah um, John Lithgow playing Donald Trump. <laughs> and so it's like, it's happening all over the country and it's because artists have their pulse on the voice of what people want to say. Exactly. And if I can just tie that right back to the fringe, I think that our fringe is doing exactly that this year. We have musical theater fairy tales, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yep. I think is great. Yes. And I can only imagine what's going to come out of that amazing, amazing room. I actually theater. had Sean Madden. I love on, him. Yeah, yeah, he's it. Yeah, yeah so he, that's it. So that's Hark. And he was here a couple of, he's really excited for the pop-up. And we were laughing because we were like, we don't know where this is going to go. But that's the whole glory of improv. You don't know. I love it. So my training is lineage. My lineage is in part from uh, Merce Cunningham's. Uh, origins. Yes. So I was trained by Barbara Dilly, who was Barbara Lord back then, mm-hmm. and uh, she. It's it's very improvised. Like you you just accept the circumstances that are, and you live in it, and you go through these different feelings like kinesthetic delight. If it feels good physically, then you're doing it, and. So the improv room feels the same way to me. And musical theater fairy tales. We all know a fairy tale, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, who knows where it's going to go. That's the exciting part. That's why I'm so excited because yeah. he was like, it's fractured fairy tales. So I was like, that is the perfect way to phrase it. Yeah. It's just like the audience is taking their own, their own razor blade into what's probably going to happen, which I think is awesome. We've got a few poets this year. We've got Heather Bird coming in from Iowa. Yeah. Who I love. So I know her. Yes. Because I used to work at Theater Cedar Rapids in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, and I choreographed. A production of For Colored Girls oh, that they did. Wonderful. Directed by the lovely artistic director Angie Toomson. I'll call out to Angie. Hi. Hey, Angie. What up? Uh, I love her. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we had such a magical experience with that show. All of us were still in touch with each other. And Heather has been a poet since I've met her and has really been touring and like getting her word out and getting the poetry out that she, things she has to say. And it's so exciting that she's coming here this year. 
to share it because I'll tell you, it's her voice is unlike anyone out there, and that's I can't that's wait. Magical. I oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on and yeah. telling us all about the fringe. Before you go. What we do every episode, this is just like the fun part, because whether we have a heavy conversation, a light conversation, we always kind of like to end on something called the casual rumble. Oh, cool. So Before basically, that, can yeah. I say stlouisfringe.com is yes. where you can get tickets. And you can go to the Fox Theater box office and get tickets there, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. And there if you go. go to the Fox Theater box office and get tickets there, you will be charged no Metro Tix fees. Oh, guys. All right, here, the Fox Theater box office is right across from where I live. So if you want to record an episode and then go get a ticket afterwards, hey. I was like, you'll be able to do that. And we will also put in the blurb, too. Um, I'm sure it probably is a more professional term, but I always say the blurb where we put, like, where the website is going to be. Yeah. And we'll make sure you can also go on the St. Louis Twitter handles as well as Instagram, too, if you'd like to keep up on stuff. So Matt's getting all the social media out. Um but yeah, what we do is we do something called the casual rumble. And we basically rumble for four minutes about what we have given up on this past month, week, whatever <laughs> comes to mind. So like sometimes what happens is we'll talk about bills, laundry, Laura Ingram, like literally like whatever comes to mind that comes to your head. And right. it's so funny because it's like, some people are like, I love my life. I have nothing I've given up on. Well, some people are like, I have everything I've given up on at all. <laughs> So I can like, usually I just start it out and I bring up something and then um, after that, we, you know, it just, I'm in. it goes in. All right. So I have given up on the rain because I got stuck in it again today <laughs> and I got soaked and I always forget an umbrella because I push my luck and you know me, I walk to work. So I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess I'm all wet. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I... <laughs> I've given up on plane flying, flying in the air, because I was in a plane last Monday flying home from California, mm -hmm. and I have a terrible fear of flying in the first place, and then turbulence is so terrible. I've just given up and decided that this is it. I'm going out in a plane crash. <laughs> Where did you... Oh, you're flying in from California? Oh, Jesus. And then I read an article the next day. Speaking of giving up, I'm not crazy. I was like, it's so turbulent. Sure enough, more turbulence. More turbulence than ever. You know why? The hot wind and the cold wind meeting each other in the jet stream, the planes can't go through it. So they either have to go over it or below it, which is why it's pushing the planes back and forth because of climate change. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to get any nervous. I'm going to be in a plane. No, thank you. Well, I, I've also given up on elevators because two nights ago I was in the elevator here. And I like was I was on my way to go see a comedy show. And all of a sudden on the fifth floor, it was like something out of a movie the elevator started going up and down on five and then like hop, stop, the electric went out and I was in the dark for a couple of, oh. it was only a couple of seconds, but you know, it, it feels like an eternity. And then all of a sudden everything went back to normal and then I hit the ground and I remember I like ran to my car and I couldn't have been more thankful for the ground that was underneath me. And I immediately emailed Shannon. I was like, hello, <laughs> um, the elevator is weird. So I won't be in an elevator for a hot minute. <laughs> I mean, it seems like transportation is a theme here. I know, right? We just can't go anywhere. Yeah. They um, won't let Matt and Molly. No, thank I've you. I've given up. What else have I given Oh, I've given up on carbs. Nice. As of like two days ago, I was looking at diets that make sense to me because I've lost some weight and I want to keep it off. Yeah, same. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I looked at the keto diet and I was like, I think I like all these foods. Okay. I'm going to try it. So 
It's been three days now. I yes. haven't had a carb. I feel like I want to chew on a candy cane. Yes. But I'm not going to do it. I'll just eat more chicken. There you go. Chicken is great. My friend, my boss does a keto diet, and he does, like, a whole, like, seminar on it. So you guys should definitely meet up and talk about it. <laughs> I um, You should. I have given up on my sanity. <laughs> like... I've just been really exhausted, and I was two whiskeys in last night, and my boyfriend said something sassy, and I just, like, snapped on him and (laughs) lost my mind, and then he felt terrible because I started crying. Everything's fine. I love you, Jim. Everything's good. But I I was like, wow. I told him today, I was like, I'm so sorry. I I was really insane last night, and of course, he's so nice. He goes, oh, babe, like, I'm sorry, too, and I never want to see you upset. Like, that's the problem. He's so nice. So I feel terrible that I totally, like, lost my shit. So I was like, that's it. I'm an insane person. I'm crazy. It's fine. (laughs) I've given up on the bed is not mine anymore. It belongs to the dog. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I have a black lab who's 69 pounds. He's not small. And I am dating someone new, and he slept over the other night. And this was not the first sleepover. So he slept over. He's like, oh, you can have the dog in the bed. I'm like, uh, you don't know what this is going to be like. You don't like. know what this is going to be like. He's yeah. like, no, no, it's going to be great. I'm like, no, it's not. Okay. I put the dog in the bed because, you know, I can't let the dog jump on the bed. He has to be lifted up. Oh, of course. And he immediately <laughs> takes all the covers because that's what he does. Yes. And like turns them into a nest where I'm like freezing. <laughs> but he gets between the two of us and it's like shoving... <laughs> Sean away with all of his might <laughs> all night long. It doesn't end. He's like, this is my man. You can't have him. <laughs> that was probably the best note to end on. <laughs> this is my man and you can't have him. On that note, please visit stlouisfringe.com. Um, if you liked what you heard about the Casually Molly podcast, feel free to visit our Facebook page. Give us a like. Follow us. Listen to Matt's episode and any other episode that we've had in the past. Uh, we also can, uh, excuse me, the Casually, Mo- <laughs> Casually Molly podcast. That's how tired I am. The Casually Molly podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, your Apple podcast app, Google Play, and Podbean. Um, thanks again, Matt. Thank you for You are the me. bomb. I can't I wait. And remember, it. August 13th through the 18th, come and see all shows. Specifically mine, Lady Warrior, in the Cransburg Gallery space. And we'll definitely have a follow-up episode with Kara, our shining star, Kara Barisi, where she'll talk about the play in more detail. But don't forget, support your fringe and be casually fringe and stay casual. Thanks so much, everybody. If you don't see Molly's show, I'll make you sleep with my dog. And that's how we're going to end this. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to sleep with your dog now, though. Bye, everybody.